Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks, and, and we do appreciate you being out here with us, being part of our community, and uh, uh, being willing to listen to what God's Word has to say to each and every one of us. And and we've been really going through the book of Proverbs and looking at things. We've been taking a scenic view. If you're looking for an expository study verse by verse in the Hebrew words and things of that nature, you're not going to find that here. But w- what you will find is uh, Stephanie and I, a couple people with PTSD that are victors right now, and just it's a daily battle going through these things and trying to help you guys out. And, and, uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, as we go through these things. And Stephanie Wesco is with me as always. And Stephanie, as we approach this Wednesday morning and, uh, we're looking at the book of Proverbs, is there any verse that we've went over or something that stands out in your mind that's just really grabbed a hold of you? Wow. Well, as we've been going through this passage there, I you see you do. You have me all messed up. Saying, oh, wow. I know. You're a wower now. I know. Yep. Ah, totally messed up. Yep. <laughs> you need to put that down on your Facebook profile. Mother, servant, missionary, wower. But anyway, anyway, if there's one, <laughs> if there's one verse, we got to hit that verse. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, if there is one verse that we've gone through, um, that as, as we've gone through Proverbs 6, um, wow, <laughs> there we go again. There's a lot that we've covered so much, but um, I think my favorite verses are what are coming up. So if I can steal from what we're going to go through, yeah. um, I think one of the best verses that we're coming up on is verse 23. It says, for the commandment is a lamp. And the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. And I know I'm a woman myself, so you can say, how does that apply? Well, it still applies because there yeah. are strange men, there are strange women, oh, yeah. there are um, yeah. Judith figures, if I can use that term, so to speak. Um, but but the, I love the where it talks about the commandment being a lamp and the law being light. Yeah. And I think we live in a day and age where laws, where commands, where guidelines, where rules are looked on. Um, And I I totally get the legalism thing being wrong. And I totally get all of that. But Solomon is telling his son here, these are given to you as, as ways of protection to keep you from regrets, to keep you from ending up going down a path that will lead to destruction. And it makes me think of Psalm 119 and where we're told that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And just the whole, the comfort that if we follow God's word, that if we follow the the commands and guidelines and the reproofs even of instruction, it's not, they're not to harm us. They're, for t- they're to protect us. They're to, pr- to keep us safe, to keep us 
so that we can live in a place of peace with God. And, you know, if you have peace with God, so many other things go to the wayside. If yeah. that's, if that's the, the most precious thing in the world to you. So I think if I had to pick a verse right now from this chapter, that's what it would be is verse 23. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, I like that. And I think if there's one verse, uh, over and over again, that's been resonating in my mind from chapter six and, uh, give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids, deliver thyself. So too, as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand to the fowler and stay away from those things, stay out of those things. That just kind of caught my attention as we were chronicling. And, uh, you know, it's so easy. I think sometimes for us to slip and it's so easy that we realize sometimes that why did we even do this? Have you ever went anywhere or talked to somebody and then you walk away and you say, why? Uh-huh. Why did I do that? And that's what those verses do yeah. to me. And, and so we have this wonderful segment. You might be a knucklehead and we do it for three reasons. Number one, you might, you know, so that, uh, we can tell you what a knucklehead is. Number two. So you're not that knucklehead. And number three, sometimes it's kind of funny. This one isn't, I don't, I think you might be a knucklehead if you look down on people. And that whole proud look thing, it really made me think, and I have some other ones written down here on my card in front of me, but that really touched my heart when you gave us that example, Stephanie, of that young man uh, who went into your dad, the, his pastor, and pointed out things that were goofy and messed up that he thought was goofy and messed up that actually were not. And it made me think that it's real easy sometimes, I think, for us to be prideful and look down at people. And, and I don't think it's, I, I think sometimes it's, it's always intentional. Don't get me wrong, but I think sometimes the level of intentionality is so small and I think we got to be careful with that. So this is something that I've done and been a knucklehead with. So I'm, as I share this with you, I'm just being as humble as I can be to tell you that I've been there. And so we really need to go out of our way not to look down on people. I think that's really a significant thing. And I, I think that's very important. And then Things now, I, I think is this your turn, Stephanie, or is it mine? Things we don't do or say to people with PTSD. Um, I think it was your turn, but if you want me to do it, I'll do it. So whichever, whichever you want to do. I think I'll let you do it. I have one written down, but I th I thought we were going every other, and my OCD, ADHD, and DUMB mine is not doing well. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, things you don't say or do to people with PTSD. Um, I would say something that's very important. Um something that you don't want to do to someone who deals with PTSD is ever um, reinforce a negative. Um, yeah. We people with PTSD, at least from my experience, most of the time are very quick, um, especially when they're at rock bottom, when yeah. they're in that place, they're, they're already in a place, especially abuse victims, or if you have a if you've been a survivor, then they're dealing with survivor's guilt, uh, maybe in multiple forms. Yeah. So don't ever be the person that reminds them of the negative, yeah. that reminds them of the reasons they're at rock bottom. Be the one that builds them up. Uh, be the one that is there to encourage them, that sends them the encouraging text, that isn't there to you know. Don't be the spiritual person to remind them of you know, of all the good, of all the bad and the ugly, because yeah. a person with PTSD remembers that just, just fine on their own. Yeah. Guilt stinks. 
build them up. Yeah, that's right. And, and, uh, you know, that stinks and it stinks worse when you're hypervigilant. It stinks worse when you're going through the bad stuff. It stinks worse. I mean, we already know, let's face it. Everybody already knows the things they hate about themselves. Yeah. And everybody already knows the things that they're sorry they did in their lives. And, and sometimes we carry guilt that we shouldn't carry, you know, that we wish we would have done this or done this different. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and right. we could take that at so many different levels. And so to throw something back at people that are already knowing these things and are hypervigilant about it, not only do they know them, but it's bothering them all the time anyway. And then if you keep on bringing these things up and reinforcing the negatives and stuff, uh, it's something you don't do and it makes you a knucklehead. You know, these almost go together where they make you a knucklehead and you don't do it. It's almost like these two go to one. And I think in this case they do. So be careful of that folks. And so here we are in Proverbs six and Proverbs six is all over the place. And we've been going, we've been talking about financial, having to earn your money. We've talked about, you know, the sexual immorality piece of things. We've talked about, uh, the laziness slugger type piece of things. Uh, you know, this whole immorality type of thing. And now we go in even more and, and he's talking again to his son about his heart and God's inspired this for us today. And I think we're going to try Stephanie to go Proverbs six twenty through through 26. I'm sorry, 21 through 26. And it says, bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee for the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from evil women, from the flattery of thy tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids for by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Mm. Wow. Some of these verses just reach out and stab you, don't they? Yeah. And, and you know, that word bind them, Stephanie, right there in that first verse we're studying 21, it says, bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, and again, that's going back to my son, keep thy father's commandment. So it's telling us to take those commandments and bind them and hold them. And, you know, isn't there a lesson here to take those commandments and uh, not forsaken the mother of the law, not forsaken your father, God's commandments and, and to bind them. And uh, I, I mean, what's coming to your mind when you, when you look at 21? I get the, you know, you, whenever I think of the word bind, most of the time it has a, you think of binding something um, it can have, you know, you get to kind of think of the old Western, you know, where they're tying up the bad guys come in and are tying up the, the, um, old gold miner, you know, tying up Lone Ranger and Tonto. And, um, but this connotation, I think there's two ways you could look at this. And one of them would be the idea of binding up maybe a wounded heart. And one of the best ways to bind a wound is to wrap it continually. Yeah. And when you have a heart that's wounded, binding that heart continually with, with truth, 
with words of truth, words of comfort. There it is. The commandments. What's your mother? Yeah. The laws. Yeah. And, and we just, you know, we're learning in the same passage that, that, that the commandment and the law, their lamp and their light. In other words, they keep you from getting hurt again. They keep you from getting re-injured, re-wounded. And so that's one way you could look at it. Another way is the idea of binding your heart to the heart of God. And there's no better way to know who God is than through his word. There it is. And Solomon had Solomon and he had been trained by his parents. That heart of God was being passed through from generation to generation. But, and so the idea is of binding that truth around your heart for protection to make it a part of you, where it's going to go with you, wherever you go. So in other words, wherever your heart goes, the truth is around it. The truth is the guiding factor. The truth is what's controlling the decisions of the heart. And so I, those are both ways when I look at this that I um, see it yeah. being applicable. No, I agree. And, and, you know, that next verse lends itself exactly to that in context. So you're taking these commandments, you're taking the laws, and you're binding them to you that you're hooking them together. Like you say, you're thinking of those old TV shows and, and, but you're hooking this thing to you permanently. It's bound together. You can't get loose from it and you need to bind them to you. And then it says, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. And, uh, you know, those words are pretty, you want to talk about chronicling words. I mean, all the, it seems like this whole chapter is one of these things that every verse should be chronicled. But the idea that if I take these commandments and I make them, I bind them to me and I have to live by them. I live with them. I see them. I sleep with them. I wake up with them. They lead me. That's a pretty cool thought. You know, they'll go with me. But if yeah. I don't bind them to me, if, if they don't get hooked to me, if it's not real to me, and it goes back and over and over again, we've been talking about how, you know, you can't have a small percentage. This is say, this isn't a small thing. We want you to take these commandments and hook them to you. These are going to be, you know, they're going to be part of who you are. They, they, they become your identity. And, and I think, Stephanie, I think we're so prone today uh, to get our identity from from everywhere we shouldn't and Mm. and you know we from tv from magazines you know we see that there's people constantly trying to define what a man or woman should look like and you know what is a perfect weight for somebody and and you know what's the type of clothes you should wear what's the type you know every part of our lives what's what's the type of car you should have and you know that that a husband should look like this to be romantic should do these things or a wife and and you know where i'm going or a son should be perfect like this and we all fall short of those things but god says if you want my things uh, you know bind that hook them to you make them Uh who you are make that your identity and it, and, it, and it goes, and we've talked about this, you know, self-worth, self-value, self-esteem, self-image, self-everything. If you take the word self and cross it out and re- replace that with God, things change. And I think that's what's going on here. I, I, I think we're replacing things. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. And then, then we get down to verse 23, and it says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And it goes on to tell us, Stephanie, it says to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Have you ever met any people that are just so flattering? 
They're just, uh, yeah, they they can be, and they're the same people that'll drop you on your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll flatter you, man. They'll make you feel better than, you know, a plate of spaghetti with six meatballs, you know, and then they'll just drop you <laughs> on your head, man. And, you know, they get you feeling good. Oh, you handsome devil. You know, they say things like that to you. And then, uh -huh. and, uh, you know, my friend Todd McClure, a pastor on Virginia, great guy. And there's a pastor in Indiana named Todd, and he's my friend too. But uh, I'm talking about Todd McClure, the pastor in uh, Indiana, South Boston, but in Centerville. But, you know, you know what I was thinking? <clears throat> he said, you know, sometimes when people hold you, they feel you back for a soft part to stick the neck, stick the knife. And, you know, I, I was listening to this, and, and it was talking to keep from the evil woman from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. People can flatter us. But, yeah. you know, if, if we're susceptible to everything, and we're susceptible when we don't bind these things to us, we're susceptible when we're not putting in the Word of God. We're susceptible when we're, when, you know, we're, we're not doing the things that are godly or learning the things that are godly or following the things that are godly or doing the things that are godly. We're, we're susceptible uh, to those flattering type of things and the flattery of a tongue. And, and I just want to go down 26 and just finish up talking about that, if you don't mind. And it says, Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids and those blinking things. My mother used to always tell me, uh, watch a girl who's dashing her eyes at you or something like that. And, and, uh, and, and then it says, for by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought up a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt from the precious life. And, and I was telling Stephanie before we got going folks that this is so hard to stop at a particular verse because it just keeps on building off each other. And Proverbs six is one of those hard places that it's hard to find breakpoints. But I wanted to stop at 26. I wanted to put those few, those last few verses together and talk about them. And uh, uh, I mean, if you put those verses together, Stephanie, those last few, uh, I mean, what what illustration or what picture comes to your mind? Well, I think of Joseph when I read the end of verse 26. Hmm. An adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Yeah. And whether it's an adulterer, a man, or an adulteress, a woman, they do hunt for the precious life. And this is such a sober, sobering warning, um, first of all, to make sure that we keep our hearts close to God, because yes. he will protection, um, and not put ourselves maybe in positions or in places where we knowingly are going to be presented with these kinds of people um, that we, that's unnecessary. You know what I mean? Situations where we're having to deal with things we wouldn't have had to, if we had just been more wise. Um, yeah. But just being aware yeah. that, that Satan, Satan will use these different kinds of strange men or women to hunt for the precious life. And I love that God calls the life of, the life of someone who, what's the word I'm looking for? He calls life precious here. Yeah. It's, that's pure, a life that's trying to do right. Those yeah. are the people who get hunted. Exactly. All precious. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. They, you know, the, the enemy, the flatterer, the monger, whether it be a man or a woman, um, they don't want used goods. Yeah. 
they, their prize. They want a prize that's bigger than that. You know, and, and men and women, let me tell you this. I think you're pure if you've always been pure in your life. And if you're pure in marriage and if you're pure right now, God, if you've had problems in your life, give it to God and move on and be pure, be right. We've talked about that. But I, I think exactly <clears throat> what Stephanie's saying is she talked, I, I think like three or four podcasts ago last week, she had mentioned, um, you know, being a mom of six sons and two daughters and the things that worry her and, 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 and those things. And we all have those worries. And if not by the grace of God, any one of us, I think we should say that. Yeah. I, I, I think that needs to be said at this point. So as we read chapter six, chapter six, isn't just for a, uh, a group of thems. It's for all of us. It's for Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. You know, those, those, because the hunter don't, you know, the hunter doesn't hunt when we're hiding, when we can't be seen, you know, when we're doing things right, the hunter shows up when those times you go fishing, when it's the best time to catch fish, you hunt when it's the best time to shoot your prey. And, um, I think, I think that's kind of what that's all coming together. Stephanie, I think there's a danger, um, when we start reading the Bible and we start saying, well, this is for them. I, I had someone tell me one time that said, you know, brother Doug, you were preaching to the choir tonight. And I remember I thought about that for a few minutes. I looked back at him and I said, you know, the choir needs preaching too. And, and I say, I didn't say that to be a smart aleck. I really didn't. And, uh, I just said, the truth of the matter is sometimes we put ourselves not intentionally, but sometimes we can be a little bit self-righteous without trying just through, hey, we've been saved a long time. Uh, you know, I'm at 25 years. I'm more than that now. I don't know. I'm at 28 years I've been saved, I think. And I think you've been saved longer than I have, Stephanie. That was the funny thing. You laughed at me and said, uh, you're an old dude. and I've been saved longer than you or something like that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe not those exact words, but that's what she meant. But anyway. <laughs> If we're not careful, <laughs> if we're not careful, uh, we, we make the the word of God us and them, and the yeah. word the word of God is always us, everybody. And oh. and I think if there's any lesson with that, so I'm I'm going to get to a question here. So somebody, and this is somebody I I don't know them to be honest with you. They're they're a member of Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, and I know they listen to the podcast because they asked the question, but they asked. Uh, how we come up with the songs that we write. And I don't think we ever really talked about that on a podcast. And we got a minute or two here. Um, so Stephanie's written some songs. I've written some songs, the, the lyrics. Stephanie's written all the music. Stephanie's changed all the lyrics at some point or another. Less on some, more on others. The song, The Modder. I mean, I recognize a couple lines of that. Stephanie wasn't going to do anything with it. Uh, so I will tell you from my part, and then Stephanie's part so much more extensive, and then we'll let her talk because she writes the music and fixes things. But from my part, you know, sometimes when we're reading a verse or something, you know, and when I use the word we, any of us, you know how God will ins- make you stop and think, illuminate something to you is probably the best word to use. It's already inspired. So he'll illuminate something in your mind and over and over again, you'll look at, and, uh, like God meant it for good. Uh, Stephanie kept on bringing up a couple verses and that verse, uh, Genesis 50, 20, and some of the struggles she was going through. And I kept writing down Genesis 50, 20. I kept reading it over and over again. And I, I remember her and I talking and we, and we kept saying, God meant it for good. So a lot of those words I wrote before Stephanie edited and she fixes them up nicely and she can tell us how she came up with the music. But that song, for instance, 
was inspired by that verse and some of the things Stephanie was going through. Uh, just being honest with it because we're just totally honest with people. And, uh, you know, I had no value. Stephanie felt like some people may have been treating her like she had no value. And haven't we all been there? And haven't we all been treated that way? So that's kind of where that song came from for me. And so, Stephanie, if you could talk about maybe where the music came from and then how you've developed this song uh, to try to help and answer uh, this gentleman's question. Okay. So um, you want me to go with God, Men, for good? Sure. That's the song. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, part of the song ministry is the fact that it's not about us, um, that it really is something, um, the songs that the Lord has given us that we've written, quite honestly, whenever I'm asked this, how did you come up with them? I just have to smile and shake my head because I don't know the answer to that question because I don't think we did come up with them. Um, yeah. They came of God speaking to us. Sure. Um, so in that case, yes, God meant it for good um, without getting into all the details. Um, Charles had been through Joseph-like experiences yeah. in his life. And those were continuing on even after he was dead. And so I was, I was studying the life of Joseph. Um, obviously you and I were going through a lot of that together as far as studying and talking about it. And the Lord had given me, um, the day Charles was killed, the verse, um, that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that verse was keeping, was just a life sustaining verse for me, um, as things kept happening that were meant for evil. And, um, you were always faithful to say, but God means this for good. And you were like the counter brainwash yeah. effect. <laughs> brainwash. Um, <laughs> you were the, you were the counter brainwash. Uh, yeah, no, no, I got it. it yeah. <laughs> I was laughing at the non counter one. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> My brain works weird. Yeah. 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 So does mine. Um, just that I would even think that way is weird. Um, so, I remember when you sent me the words to that song, I was so excited because um, that song was ex meant extra to me because I could relate to it. I was picturing scenarios when I read through the verses. And so, um, you know, obviously we go through the editing process of just making the, the flow and the rhythm of it all work. But um, as we approach, as I approach writing the music for that song, um, wanting to portray the, the trial, the, yeah. the history of the trial. Joseph came out of a trial. His mother had been barren. She hadn't been able to have kids. And he came out of that. And then he lived this life of his brothers treating him like dirt and selling him into slavery. And so to portray that, so we went with minor, went with minor key, and then transitioned into a victorious chorus. Yeah. So good. Um, the second verse, the second set of verses, because that song has four verses and they're in groups of two. So the second verses obviously are Joseph coming out of that pit, Joseph seeing God fulfill his dreams and fulfill his promises. And so, again, continuing on with that victorious um, theme and ending with victory because the life of Joseph, his testimony was victory. He was a victor over the trauma he went through, through Jehovah God, through his faith in Jehovah, he was a victor and he was an overcomer. And so ending the song with that, yeah. that God's 
prevailed. And so I think as we approach each song, um, that's always my prayer is that Jesus Christ will be honored and glorified above all else. And that the music, that the words, that they'll all go together and leave the person feeling closer to God after listening to the song than they did before. And there it is, folks. And, and, and you know, I think that's a great answer. And I, I love the way she modulates. I don't know music at all, to be honest with you. But sometimes I'll talk to Stephanie, and I, I always tell her I love the way you modulate into that verse with, with, where she changes the music. But I think it's, uh, it's not inspired. You know, the, the songs are not inspired. Anybody who, but they've certainly God has given them to us, if that makes sense. They're not inspired word of God or anything like that, but they're given to us. I believe Stephanie's absolutely right from God's word. As he illuminates God's word, God just just used that for us to write things down. Fear not my child is one of those songs in that third mm-hmm. verse. How Stephanie wrote that third verse still blows my mind, you know, and uh, uh, there's just so much. You know, when, when I wrote Fear Not My Friend and Stephanie was here no more than 15 minutes with her kids and her showed up and we had our song. And, uh, and she banged out a third verse for it. Uh, third verse I had was kind of all over the place. And, but anyway, folks, here's the answer. We know we went a little bit long today, but listen, it's always an honor to come to you folks. We hope we answered your questions, sir. And, uh, and people are always asking about the music. People are always asking questions about how we do things and say things. And so we'll try to fill those in here and there. We sure do love you. Make sure you listen to every word that Brother Eric's got to tell you. It's so important that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's nothing more important than that. If we do anything at all, please listen to what God's trying to say through us and, and kick us out of the way and just hear God's word because God's word is the only thing that matters. All right, folks, we hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.